For over 27 years, LearnIt has helped more than 2 million individuals develop new skills and empowered them with confidence to thrive in an ever-changing workforce. We welcome you to the LearnIt podcast, where we come together as employees, managers, executives, and learning champions from across the globe to take time to focus on our professional development. Together, we will tackle today's toughest challenges and dive into the topics that are key to success in today's workplace. Stay tuned to listen and learn from LearnIt expert instructors and the LearnIt community in order to upskill, reskill, and achieve overall success in your career. To learn more about LearnIt and our diverse offerings of soft skill, business application, and health and wellness workshops, please visit www.learnit.com. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? I would like to start by, you know, thanking Carly, of, of course, for putting all this together always and for our sponsor, uh, Fight, uh, Fighting Blindness, Foundation of Fighting Blindness. They're a great community and they're actually one that's uh, from a personal perspective and family really important um, to us. So thank you, Nathan, for all that you've done for, uh, for Learn It and participating. Now I would like to turn to our wonderful panel of alumni that we have here today. I've been super excited about this since we, we started talking about this. We have three amazing women, uh, plus Carly, who is currently at Learn It. She's amazing too. We have Mary Bussey, Laurel Taylor, and Sarah Fincham. All three of them started early on in their career with Learn It. And I'm gonna turn it over to them to share their stories. But what I like to be able to say is without them, Learn It wouldn't be the same for us both professionally and personally uh, for me. I mean, they really have driven and helped shaped what LearnIt's become. And I'm excited today. And when we talked about what are the goals, you know, I think it might've been Laurel or Mary uh, in our pre-event asked me, what are the goals for today? And some of my responses were, you know, that for women in all ages, of, of all ages and career levels to get some great learning takeaways, which I know they will, and to feel inspired by your journeys. And also, I think that this is a great conversation for men as well, because there, there's a huge impact that men pay, can play in women's success. The, the final purpose or goal of this event that I mentioned, which is really true, is that there's one young lady, my four-year-old daughter, Lucy, who I can't wait. Uh, as you all know that this is recorded and will be on YouTube, but you know, in 15 years from now, when Lucy is trying to figure out where she wants to go or what she wants to do, that she'll be able to turn back and watch this video and learn from all four of these uh, wonderful women and be able to say and share with her friends that how her daddy made a, uh, helped, helped, even if it was a small impact in, in the success of the, these amazing careers they've had. So with no, uh, that's about all I'm going to say for right now. I'm going to turn it over to Mary and Mary Bussey, and she can share her story with us. Great to have you, Mary. Thank you. Thank you for unmuting me. Good morning. Welcome, everybody. I'm so happy to be here. Um, it makes me light up when I get to talk about my experience at Learn It because I had such a great I had such a great time working at Learn It and working with Damon. So. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really happy about that. I'll give you a little bit of background about how I got there and where I've been since. And then I'll share a couple of um, sort of key takeaways maybe that might be helpful 
for those of you on this call. Um, so I found Learn It um, sort of soon after I graduated college. I was working at a um, at a computer rental company because that's what all aspiring anthropology degree majors do. We go into sales, right? So I was working as an account rep um, just uh, in the Silicon Valley. And I was processing orders for um, companies that wanted to rent computers for trade shows and all different types of purposes. And one of my coworkers knew Damon and he said, hey, I know someone and you're so good at account management, account rep. I think that there might be a fit here because he has this training company in, this, in, in the city and they don't really have anyone who, who does what you do yet. And so he put me in touch and I'd like to say the rest is history because I really was Learnit's first um, dedicated uh, sales rep, account manager. And really what that consisted of was um, at the very beginning, uh, literally going door to door in the businesses up and down the financial district. Um, I'd come across no solicitation signs and I'd say, oh, it's okay, I'm not soliciting. I'm actually offering free classes to a, a computer school down the street. So. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that, that was how, how I first got started at Learn It. Over time, we built packages that I was then able to sell to companies. I mean, literally there was a lot of cold calling. There was um, a lot of networking. I would go to um, just sort of like industry events where uh, you'd um, connect with a lot of different a lot of different people and I would let people know what I was doing, let them know like, hey, every company has an opportunity to um, offer education to its um, employees, come check us out. The biggest thing that, that Learn It did was it was okay offering product, which was really helpful because once we got someone into a classroom, the product kind of sold itself. The teachers were amazing. The product um, was the the learning that people would leave with. So it was everything from, you know, Microsoft Office. And um, at the time, um, you know, email was sort of relatively new. Uh-oh, I just dated myself. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the value really um, was discovered through these free, free classes. And through that, we were able to start selling packages. We would sell cards and then multiple people from companies would come and then we would sell bigger cards. So. Um, I had a really great time. I did this for years with Damon and we built the sales team. In fact, we'll um, hear next from Laurel who was on that sales team and I got to, to work with her. So it was really exciting to see the company grow, ex the locations expanded, the service offerings expanded. It was just a really exciting time to be part of Learn It. I will say that um, I probably could have stayed forever had I not internally had an interest in pursuing um, a passion of mine, which has led me back to um, higher education. So I am um, currently now the Senior Director of Corporate and Foundation Relations at the University of San Francisco. And how I got into that role is essentially translating my sales experience from Learn It into sales for nonprofit, which Nathan, thank you for your partnership today. Um, in the nonprofit world, we still do sales. It's just called development. It's called fundraising. And at the higher education um, landscape, it's called advancement. But it's all the same ideas, which is what I took from, from, from Learn It and my early days in nonprofit 
um, fundraising development is what I'm going to share with you guys today. I call it the three C's. And so this um, led to me being able to ascend the ranks in terms of leadership roles, but it also helped um, develop me as, as, a, as an individual contributor. And those are curiosity, creativity, and connections. So the curiosity, I'll say a little bit about that first. Um, for me, as someone who loves all things education, I love being in higher ed, I loved my time at Learn It, helping people learn things that they didn't know before. I'm sort of naturally curious, but I think that there's um, something that, that can be formalized about curiosity. And, and that is to, to be curious about the company that you work for. So learn everything you can. Um, why do you do what you do? Um, what, what differentiates you? Who are the people that work with you? And what are they trying to achieve? So really just being curious about everything internally. And then be curious about those that you want to partner with. So anyone that you want to sell your product to, partner with, um, engage with in any way, be curious about what they do too. Why does that company do what they do? What, what problem are they solving? What is their niche? Um, all of this, and this is, this is perfect for me, someone who loves um, sort of the, the academic background of things, doing your research, literally looking at if it's um, what, what I do in nonprofit is I ask for um, investments from other nonprofits, like a foundation. Their information is public. So I do my research. I look at their tax returns. I find out who are they making donations to? At what level? For what program? I do my research. Um, I, I look to see if there are annual reports. I find out who they're connected with, um, any sort of press release. I read it all. And then when I make my um, sort of outreach to those companies, what I tend to do, this is more about the curiosity, is I ask questions. I'm always reminding myself, when I'm the one talking, I'm not the one learning. Not that it's not, not that I shouldn't be talking ever, but I always have to remember there's a balance. You can't just talk, 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 and then have somebody say like, hey, yeah, that sounds good. Let's, let's go for it. You have, there's a balance. There's um, making sure that you are sharing the information about your organization, but then asking them about theirs and what goals they're trying to meet. The, the second C, the creativity part is, this really does build off of the curiosity because what I'm trying to do in my role is find alignment between what the university needs investment in, whether it's scholarships for students, um, capital equipment for um, a new science lab or program funding for us to um, uh, sort of like work, work, over, work over a problem or have a, a faculty member do some research about something but I can't find those connections, um, those creative connections about where the university might solve a problem or help an, a foundation meet their goal if I haven't done my curiosity piece about knowing where those points of alignment are. So I think of myself as a matchmaker more so than even like just a sales, a straight up salesperson. I'm finding the places where the university needs investment and where somebody who has money to invest like why, why should they choose USF and why should they choose this particular um, project? So always having your curiosity hat on, I'm sorry, your creativity hat on, 
but it's based on it's based on the curiosity. And then the um, the third C is connections, because as we know, sales or fundraising, it's it's relationship driven. And in nonprofits, the there's an old adage that people give to people, right? So they're not necessarily giving to a program or they're giving to an idea necessarily. They're giving to people. So it's it's nurturing those relationships. So we also know through sales that referrals are gold because it's it's warm. It's um, you've got some credibility already built into why you're reaching out to somebody. So what I make sure to do when a relationship is going well is I ask for referrals. So it's really important to, to, to do that. But I also ask when it's not a fit because just because what we have to offer might not be a fit for a particular corporation or, um, or a foundation, it doesn't, it, it doesn't mean that it's not a fit for others. And so it doesn't hurt to ask. And in a lot of cases, it's helpful to ask, you know, based on what you know about what we're, what we're doing in the community, do you know of anybody who might be interested in, in partnering with us? Um, just because it's not them doesn't mean that they don't know somebody who it would be a fit for. So those are, uh, those are sort of the, the three things that have helped shape how I approach my work, um, which has helped me ascend through, you know, different levels of, of leadership in an organization. Um, and um, I think one other point that I'd mentioned to Damon and the group during our, our, our prep meeting is that um, I find the success in, in, in sales, success in, in sort of growing the investment to USF happens when I'm right outside my comfort zone. Um, so if, if, I'm, if I'm squarely comfortable, if I know exactly what I'm doing and, and um, what I'm going to say or, or um, how, the, how things are gonna work out, then I'm, I haven't necessarily tapped into the largest potential. So, um, it does require doing your research, but um, like right now I'm, I'm, I'm working on, I think probably the biggest proposal of, of my career, I am definitely uncomfortable. Um, I submitted a, a proposal yesterday for review by um, the provost at our university and in, in university speak, it's sort of like the number two person at the university. And, and I was, I, I, let me tell you, I was, I was nervous. <laughs> so, um, Got some good feedback. We're moving it forward today, but it's definitely uh, you got to be willing to put yourself in a position where you um, you're you're learning and you're growing, and it's slightly uncomfortable um, because that's where uh, you'll develop um, your your skills, and that's where you can take um, an opportunity maybe to the next level. So I feel like I've done a ton of talking, and um, I'll I'll turn it over to the next uh, panelist. Thank you, Mary. Laurel, I remember our first day I got a call, well, I got a call saying, Mr. Lemby, I'm here. Um, let's, let's go for a walk. And Laurel showed up and I knew right away that Laurel was going to be a great fit for our team. Laurel, you're up. Amazing. Thank you, Damon. I'm so thrilled to be here today and joining y'all and to see so many amazing women uh, joining. This is, this is phenomenal. So yes, I called Damon, who I now call Big D. I called yeah. Damon, Mr. Lemby. That's better than Mr. Lemby. <laughs> Mr. Lemby, because I am from Texas. And so 
I said, sir and ma'am and Mr. Limby, all of things I had to quickly unlearn when I moved to San Francisco. So I'll share a little bit about how I found Learn It, what I learned at Learn It, and how I continue to leverage those learnings for impact going forward. And so much of my experience builds on what, what Mary shared. So I had just graduated Texas State and my sister called me and my sister and Damon uh, were actually out, you know, after work. And uh, Damon said, hey, you know, so my, my sister calls me. I had just quit, actually. I started at Dell Computers and I started with 500 other people. And the second day that I was in this bullpen of 500 other people, I just stood up and said, this is not for me. I just, this is, this is not, this is not for me. Uh, being in a very large organization, I, the, from a very early age, had an entrepreneurial spirit. And Damon very generously, my sister said, hey, Damon said, you know, if you, if you buy a ticket, he and Mary will interview you on Monday. This is Friday night. And booked in the next, I booked <laughs> it the next day, Monday morning, Mr. Limby, I'm downstairs. And really that, although I had been working since I was 14, I had no work experience. I had no work experience. And I also was a graduate uh, in, in, in the liberal arts and interviewed with Mary and Damon for a week and knew that I had so much to learn from both Damon and Mary and in very different ways. And so fortunately, I emerged from that week with an offer letter uh, from Damon and Mary. And then I moved to San Francisco, like, you know, a week later. And I moved with $50, uh, literally a blow up bed. Damon, you know, classic classic interview where I'm like, Damon, I'd love to accept the offer, but I don't have the first down and, you know, moving to San Francisco is, you know, is not an inexpensive endeavor. It was like, don't worry, just move in with my sister who I had never met. Right. So <laughs> I moved to San Francisco, knock on Sammy Limbery's door and I'm like, hi, I'm your new roomie and best roommate I've ever had. So that is where, you know, getting out of my comfort zone started on day one. I had a zip code and a quota and a target to me. And by far the best experience in my career in terms of learning the fundamentals, I learned at Learn It. And I am the recipient of Mary's hard work in building a sales plan and a sales organization. And I learned before the next day, you have your plan of attack for the next, for the next day. You come in, you've got your schedule, you know, I made somewhere, I feel like I made somewhere between like 50 to 75 kind of dials a day until Mary encouraged me to get out and prospect in person, which was far more effective. But what I've learned throughout my career is it's all about the fundamentals. It is always about the fundamentals and, you know, planning your work and working your plan. And so in our preparation, uh, as I was admiring Mary's organization and the three C's, I was thinking about kind of what's my own version of, of three C's. And for me, as I think about, I'm now founder and CEO of a company called futurefuel.io, and we exist to crush student debt. Uh, we are a social impact fintech. And 
when I think about the fundamentals that I've learned and how that enabled me to ultimately become an entrepreneur and a founder, I am breaking it down to three D's because I love the thinking in, in, um, in three. So one, I would say discipline, uh, two is depth, and the third is to be daring. So discipline, really learning the discipline of your craft. And I think everyone is in sales. I don't, I don't care what your title is. If you are within an organization, it is about generating revenue, adding enterprise value, offering contribution, creating a great customer experience, and the discipline of, uh, of attacking your day with purpose and intention in a way that aligns with the strategic initiatives of the organization, whatever, whatever that means in your world or in your function. And then the second is depth. And Mary spoke to depth of knowledge, doing your homework. I do think as women, uh, we have to be more prepared. We have to prove ourselves whether we want to have to do that or not. And, you know, when I showed up at Learn It, I looked like I was 12 years old. I mean, I was 21 or 22, but I looked like I was 12. And I had a very strong Southern accent and I, like no one took me seriously. So I had to re read the 10Ks and the Qs and know my stuff to earn the right to have a conversation with a person that ultimately was a decision maker. But I think the depth is not only in competency, and this has been a difficult learning for me throughout my career, is not just about competency, it is about those connections. So building on Mary's third C, because the, I feel what I've learned over and over in my, in my career, it's all about relationships and building relationships and building advocates, women and men, that will advocate for you. And when your name comes up from a promotion, you've got someone in that room that says, she is amazing. She works her ass off. She deserves it. Let's give her a shot. Let's give her this opportunity. And then the third is to be daring, which, which Mary already spoke to. I am really uncomfortable every day throughout the day. It's, it, is, it is unusual for me to not be uncomfortable. Last night, I had an incredible opportunity. I'm here in San Francisco and Salesforce Ventures is one of our investors. They're also one of my customers. And I was seated next to the COO, Brett Taylor. Like that is not comfortable when you're sitting next to one of the most powerful COOs in tech, you know, just, but asking questions and being engaged and, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly uncomfortable because we have this opportunity to continue to level up and learn and hopefully give back to others. And so that's really what I would say, what I'm pulling forward from an impact perspective. You know, I think what I've learned in my career is that when you're in it, it doesn't necessarily feel transformational. But when I took the job at Learn It and I had an opportunity to work with Damon and Mary, that was transformational. That was a moment that forever changed the trajectory of my life. And then I had the opportunity to interview Sarah, who we'll hear from next. And I remember when Sarah and I were sitting at a restaurant at EO and I shared with Sarah, taking this job will change your life. And I know that might be a leap of faith, but the friendship you're going to create, the learnings that you're going to have, the way that you'll pull forward in your career. And Damon and I were actually walking down the street of San Francisco um, it was, it was about five years ago 
And I was talking to Damon about where I was in my career. And at the time I was leading a global business unit for Google. And Damon said something to me, the fact of, I'm surprised you haven't already started your own thing. Like, I'm surprised you haven't done that yet. And you have these people that you meet in your life that believe in you and that push you and see the next thing for you. And that moment, it really landed on me. And I think it was six months later, I founded Future Fuel. And today we've raised, I've raised $26 million. We have from Salesforce, Fiserv, Aflac, uh, from UBS, UBS, the largest wealth management fund in the world, led our last round. We have the largest financial services and technology giants in the world uh, that have participated in our cap table with iconic VCs like uh, Vulcan and uh, and rethink impact. And by the way, 1.6% of venture capital goes to women. 1.6% of venture capital flows to women, women of color. It's less than 1%. Like this is abysmal. That is appalling. And it's such a privilege to the learnings that I had at Learn It about how to be disciplined and have greater depth of knowledge and connections, ideally than, you know, anyone else within your industry within your industry and how to be daring and go for it, uh, that has enabled me to, to build a company that today we've generated $65 million in student debt savings for the users that we serve. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's it really to me from when I worked at Learn It to when I worked at Google to my day job now, it's all about the fundamentals and what I learned what I learned at Learn It. So with that, um, I will turn it over to you, Big D. Thank you, Laurel. Amazing, amazing story. You, 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 all three of you make me so proud. The, uh, our next speaker is Sarah Fincham. <clears throat> I remember the first day Sarah came into the office. Sarah, I remember your interview. And <clears throat> I, I knew right off the bat that Sarah Fincham had some of the strongest, if not the best sales instincts uh coming in to learn it and she 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 knew how to read her clients she was sharp she she wasn't afraid to have conflict and conversations and making sure that the client got what they need that we got what we needed she also uh one of the things that i've learned over over time is the best way to 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 build your business is through referrals uh and sarah's referred some great people to learn it uh one is uh, kara clifford who went on to a great career at Learn It, and as well as my wife. So um, Mary referred uh, Matt Morowski and Sarah referred me to my wife. Like I, like I mentioned, if it wasn't for the, the women, and, and Mary was the first rep, sales rep we ever had, we may have even went in a different direction if, it, if we weren't as, as, as lucky to, to have Mary. Um, Sarah, after leaving Learn It, she went on to Sprinkler to a, a great career there, and now she is a big time SVP over at Salesforce. You recently had a, a young child, Reese. And um, I just remember even before you started, Sarah, at Salesforce, we were, last time I think I saw you in person, we were just kind of talking sales strategy. And I was just thinking to myself, man, how sharp she is. And, and, and even, you know, just a great learning opportunity for me. So Sarah, I know with uh, with a new newborn, we were talking about that earlier, but thanks for being here and, and just, I am grateful you're able to share your story with us today from London. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I'm I'm dialing in from London. I moved here from San Francisco after 15 amazing years in San Francisco um, about a year ago 
to start my family, which uh, I just have a, a little 10 week old baby boy. Um, but I, I resonate so much with some of the stories that Mary and Laurel shared, and I'm going to try to not repeat what they said, because there's so much good wisdom in, in what they shared and just similar shared experience um, from learnings and just things that have added to my career and just my own discipline in my career trajectory. But I'll share a little bit about how I, I came to learn it. I was a, 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 just a hair farther in my career than Laurel and, and Mary. I had one other job previously selling yellow page advertising for not like the regular yellow pages, but like that other one. Um, and it was rough. And, and then I went in to be a trainer for them and, and a sales trainer. So I found a, an exit strategy, did a year abroad traveling and decided I wanted to move to San Francisco. And I, I lived in a small town about three hours away. I drove to a career fair. I don't even know if they have those anymore, but I did that. I drove to a career fair and Laurel Taylor was there. And I went around and I talked to everyone and I was like, her, she, I, I wanted, I want to talk to her. Um, and she, she sold me. She really did. She was so sharp and um, really convinced me that there would be a good career path here. And then I met Damon and kind of the rest is, is history. I learned so much at my time at Learn It. Um, there's a, a couple things that stand out, but I'll talk about one of the kind of foundations, I think, that Mary talked about, which was curiosity. That's something that I feel like I I learned from Damon. Damon's an avid reader. He always encouraged us to read books, was giving us books to read, would send us to, you know, we're a training company, right? But he would even send us to trainings, no matter where it was, even if it wasn't learn it, to invest in our development. Um, and I really took that to heart. And I think that's something that, that helped me have an edge. You know, there's, Damon mentioned, me having some sales instincts, that's great if you have that, but if you can add and apply um, real wisdom and, and learnings and knowledge and combine that maybe with some natural talent and some instincts, sky's the limit. Um, and I, I started reading uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. I would read it over and over. I, I read it every year and I still randomly will read that book. Um, and, you know, talking previously about, about connections, something that I've learned in my, in my sales career is that people don't like to be sold to, people like to buy. And I think that's something that has, has helped me is really just being a, a good listener and understanding what is it, how is it that I can help? Damon sent uh, a few of us, I, I, I think one person is actually on this call who went to a, a sales training in North Carolina. And the essence of it was something that I took away with and I still think about to this day is about kind of prescribing a solution, almost like you're a, you're a doctor. You don't, you don't go in the room to see a doctor and the doctor just starts talking at you and telling you about all the medicines and, and therapies that you can take. They first ask, how are you feeling? What do you need? Um, and it sounds so fundamental, but it really helped me understand some of the basics that I took with me in my career. Um, so I had a long career as a, as a seller, and then I've spent the last several years in sales leadership, which has been just another kind of 
amazing challenge for me. And that brings me to kind of a, a second thing. You know, there's that that curiosity and there's building relationships, but also I think there's a, a motivation and a competitiveness with self and a desire to learn and get better and grow. Um, Laurel spoke about being uncomfortable. I think there's something really to that, to help you grow in your career, you have to be fearless, you have to be curious. And, and that fearlessness, um, being willing to, to fail and step in and try something that you've never tried before, because you might be terrible at it, but you might not be. Um, and that's what you won't find out if you don't try. Um, and that's been a really fun journey for me along my, my career. I, when I think back about where do you get that confidence to, to try things and fail. Um, Laurel spoke about this too, but I could not agree more. Having a, a previous leader in your corner to see something in you is so valuable. And Damon's always been that for me, um, somebody to champion me and give me that confidence because a lot of what it is, is being, you need to be humble and you need to be confident. But if you can bring humility and confidence to the table. Um, there's so much success in your future and having somebody in your corner that you really respect who believes in you and champions you when there's nothing in it for them. I, you know, I, I worked at learn it for about five years and, and moved on. And, and, you know, here we are 15 years later and I'm, I'm still friends with Damon and He's always believed in me and, and encouraged me in my own, uh, in my own career path. Um, so having that kind of uh, a mentor and relationship, I think is so valuable. And sometimes somebody told me once, it's, it's difficult to go out and ask for a mentor. They kind of just, they happen. So if you don't have one, you, you need to foster that relationship and develop that relationship. But having mentors in your life is, um, is a huge benefit to reaching new heights and to give you the courage. Um, another thing that I think has been pivotal for my career is not finding my sense of identity or sense of self in my job solely in my career. I've had failures in my past where I thought maybe I'm not good at this. Um, and that Per persevering um, is it, a it's a learning opportunity to get back up, get back in there. Um, without failure, you don't gain wisdom, and I think that's what helps me now in a leadership role, being a better leader. Um, so uh, I, I don't know if you're interested in some of the the things that I look for, kind of in a in a leadership capacity, but now in you know, where I am, since everybody else had some, some three acronym, three, R, I have three R's. So mine in, in a leadership capacity is recruit, retain, and revenue. Um, I think as a leader, your, your job really is to build and inspire a team and then inspect and create accountability and then coach and mentor. And all of that leads to revenue delivering and driving to numbers. But it, it kind of starts with building and inspiring a team and, and helping people love their job and love the environment and want to be where they work. That's something that I learned and saw in action at Learn It, having a, a leader like Damon. Um, I mean, I can't even begin to tell you the fun that I had working at Learn It, the friendships that I've made that have lasted and will last my lifetime. Um, and some of, honestly, the best memories of my life 
were that period uh, period of time. So starting there, giving people that environment where they have fun and believe that you really care about them, um, that drives people to to be motivated, and and that's the the retain. Um, and then of course, inspecting, coaching, expecting high uh, achievement out of people, driving towards revenue. So my mantra really is kind of inspire, coach, and inspect. Um, and I think through doing those things, um, Damon mentioned, I, I spent eight years at a company called Sprinkler. I started there at 50 people. They just IPO'd over the summer, which is a really cool thing to see. And now um, I'm at Salesforce, a much, much bigger company that I actually got my introduction to Salesforce at Learnit. They were a customer of mine once upon a time. And I thought, oh, this is, I'll keep my eye on this company. Um <laughs> And so it's just, it's just been a really cool ride. And I mean, I could, I could really go on and on about um, just about the, the fundamentals that I've learned, but I, I don't want to be too repetitive, but it has been exciting for me to take what I've learned at Learn It. And I really see it sort of as the foundation of my career, um, moving into being confident enough and, and brave enough to try new things um, and to move forward and kind of reach for new heights. So yeah. That's awesome, Sarah. Carly. Amazing. Thank you so much. I would just, I'm adding all of us. So we're all uh, kind of in conversation with each other. I want to just thank each of you for sharing your stories. Um, and I mean, I think as someone who's still at Learn It and just a couple years behind each of you, um, it's just really neat to hear that. Uh, that everything you're saying, I'm currently kind of living in real time. Um, so it just is super inspiring for me as someone who kind of started Learn It as my as my first as my first job. I'm experiencing everything um, that you have and have been able to grow and be challenged here, um, and really have have an incredible team, a leadership team um, that believes in me. I feel that every day, and it motivates me every day. Um, so I'm just grateful, and it's so inspiring to see these stories. Um, of all of you. So um, we do have questions kind of from the audience too, but I also want to give a shout out to Laurel as well. Laurel said the same thing to me when I started at Learn It. Of course, Damon introduced me. I said, I'm really passionate about women and leadership and education. And, and she's like, well, you, you have to talk to some of, our, some of my alumni. And, and I, he, Laurel kindly got on the phone with me. Um, and she was like, she was like, listen, Damon gives people a chance. Like you won't regret this. And um, like he gives people a chance. And that was exactly what I needed at that moment of my life. And so I also think that that's interesting, um, kind of another theme too. So really, really powerful and cool. Um, but with that, we do have some questions um, from the audience that I think are great and also ones that we had noted. Um, I'm wondering if you have, I know we all kind of touched on this a little bit, but do you have like a, a favorite, um, like specific memory? It could be, you know, a client, a, a relationship with a client you had that was that was memorable for you, for you or just any kind of pivotal moment. If either you had to learn it or it could be sometime in your career, um, but just just a memory from your, from your experience that um, kind of stands out or feels like a, a pivotal moment for you. Could be learn it or not learn it. And I guess I should set up and pass it. Mary, we'll start with you. Mary's on mute. There oh, she's go. on mute. Oh, she can't. Oh, sorry, Mary. That's so annoying. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for unmuting me. Um, yeah, I think the biggest um, uh, 
the, the memory that sticks out for me the most is when I went from San Francisco to Gap Corporate into the headquarters and just seeing, to, I don't know, you know that 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 phrase, you've, you've got to see it to be it. Um, it applies in so many, in so many ways. But being at Gap Corporate to, to, to try and sell them more training, it was really inspirational because I realized quite just how how big that company was physically, the, the how big the, the office was. And I saw so many people moving around, very different than being downtown San Francisco with our small little office buildings. It really was then when I saw that, that it, it dawned on me how big the capacity could be and like what the opportunity was. So that really stuck out for me as a memory um, that, that um, you know, sometimes, so to Laurel's point too, and I encouraged her to get off the phone and, and in person with people, being at that company in person was actually what made the connection about how, how large the account could grow. Um, so it's, it's that, um, yeah, just... That, that was a memory for me that, that, uh, that I carry forward to today. Don't just think about it in terms of what, what you, you know, imagining on the phone, set up those meetings, get out there, be, meet in person, get a sense of what organizations are doing. Um, no better way to, uh, to do your research than to actually go there and see what's, what's going on. Laurel, any thoughts there? Sure, I have I have two, and they're about connection. I think ultimately to build on Sarah's comment about inspiring and uh, and 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 really building that connection to Mary's point. So, one, I have this most amazing memories of walking meetings with Damon. So, you know, I would bring my tennis shoes. I still do this, by the way. I feel like they're my Seinfelds. I bring my tennis shoes because I'm not going to walk multiple blocks in heels. I think that is ridiculous. Um, so, you know, Damon would be like, LT, put on your shoes. And, you know, I put my shoes on and we'll go for a walking meeting and we would talk about pipeline. It was a pipeline review it was what are the deals are working? What are some of the blockers? What are some of the obstacles? Let's brainstorm together. How can we be creative? Um, let's talk about the relationship. What's the buying process? Um, who is the buyer? What are the st you know, stakeholders that need to be involved and driving the deal forward? And I think it goes back to Sarah's comment about fun and having fun and feeling special. And I think that's something that Damon did exceptionally well is he made, he makes everyone on the team feel special and feel valued. And he always had time for the team. And now that we're in a remote environment and we're a fully distributed team as Future Fuel, you know, I think about how important it is to make that time. And even when we cannot be in the physical environment and take walks together, other ways, like can we take shared walks or can we, and it's not, it's something that honestly um, I could do a better job of in terms of how I manage my time and how I allocate my time. And I'm constantly reminded, like, you know, it's so important as, um, as Sarah shared, like that, uh, I, I think everyone on my team knows that I deeply care about them because I, gen I truly and genuinely do. But I think it's also about making that time and having those memories together. So I love the walking meetings. The second memory is when I um, 
I, I slipped through security of a state compensation insurance fund. So <laughs> I was <laughs> working a deal. It was a really big deal. It was a very large package enterprise deal. And the decision maker was just like ghosting me right and left. I had a great call with them. He would not take my call afterwards, you know, multiple emails, multiple, multiple phone calls. So I slipped in uh, up to the door where, you, of course, you have to have a badge. And I waited for an employee to exit. And I slipped in the door and then went up to his cubicle, his office, and was like, hi, <laughs> I'm Laurel. Since you won't return my phone calls, I thought I'd just show up. And we closed the deal. And it was a great win. But um, I think that pulls on so many aspects of what we've talked today about getting outside of your comfort zone um, and also you know, recruiting, retaining, and generating revenue. I love those three R's, Sarah. I was writing that down. One of the things that, that came up in the pre-conference I want, would like for one of you to address is how to set aside your pride. I can't remember if that was Mary or Laurel, but maybe you can touch on that a little bit because whether, I, I, I just thought, I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll speak to that. Um, and I also want to address Courtney, who wrote something in the chat about how as women do you navigate imposter syndrome, which I feel like is connected here. Um, she says, or are you all so fantastic you don't suffer? I just want to make a quick comment about this. When Sarah mentioned, you know, be fearless, in my mind, I thought, I don't know how to be, or um, yeah, be fearless. I said, I don't know how to be fearless. I am fearful. I am fearful like ev every day. Um, I, I think that um, my desire to prove to myself that I can do things is what drives me forward. So I am definitely not fearless. And I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for women who are. Um, I, I, I'm not one of them. But I think that it's um, I could possibly be an example of someone who is a fearful person who continues to um, show up try my hardest, make wins and move on to the next. So I just wanna sort of make space for that as well. Um, that sort of speaks to this um, point of, um, you know, being vulnerable. Like I, um, I am willing to be vulnerable, not just because I think it will help me grow, but I'm willing to be vulnerable because I think it helps my team. So I oversee a team um, that, and, and if they see, the, 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 the points of vulnerability in me and that I'm okay with that, then I think that it helps allow them to be um, potentially maybe a smidge less fearful themselves. So um, I, I shared with my team last week something um, it, that made everybody absolutely roar and howl with laughter about something that I had misunderstood. And so I just kind of let them in on like, hey guys, I, I was thinking that this was this and it actually was this. We all got the biggest belly laugh, which by the way, laughing is <laughs> sometimes even better than a workout, but I was happy to be the center of something that people were laughing at because they know that I have competency in other areas, but that sort of, I think helped solidify the teams knowing that it's okay to either, you know, make a mistake or have a misunderstanding or have a learning, um, because I don't expect perfection from myself, or maybe I, I do, but I don't always reach it, but I don't expect perfection, um, but I do expect, you know, showing up, doing your homework, being curious, being creative and, and making those connections. I do have those expectations. And um, yeah, so hopefully, you know, people can see that I'm, I'm, I'm human um, and I, I definitely struggle with 
getting past my fears every day too. So. I would love to share on the human element. I'm going to make my comment quick because um, I feel like I've been talking too much. And so I'm going to be silent for the majority of the remainder of the call. One of the most powerful moments in my career was in the first couple of months at Learn It when I was dialing for dollars and I did not enjoy that. You know, I did not enjoy making multiple phone calls a day and getting hung up on and uh, being the person that no one wanted to hear from because they didn't know me and I'm interrupting their day or their meeting or what they were doing. And the moment, um, the phrase that came to my mind was, you know, cause I was really confronting like, wow, I am afraid to pick up the phone. Like, I don't want to pick up the phone again. Like I, how I, I, you know, here's my list for the day. And I just, I don't know if I can do this. And the, the, the phrase that came to mind was I have nothing to lose, but my pride. And I lost that a long time ago. And that phrase has stuck with me for my entire career. And what I really learned was the, to be very um, mindful of the power of the ego and in a, in the negative impact of pride and ego, because really no one else was going to know how that call went other than me and the other person on the phone. If they yelled at me, if they hung up on me, if they never wanted to hear from me again, Mary wasn't going to know that. Damon wasn't going to know that unless I shared it with them. And that gave me a much greater comfort level to fail um, when I could kind of get over myself and just get on with it. Mm. And yes, I am fearful, but I think I present as fearless because I'm confronting it and I'm moving beyond it um, because my reference point changed. So that, that was a really powerful experience. And I think from a vulnerability perspective, we were talking about this before about how kind of the know-it-alls are very, the person that you meet that's a know-it-all or always has the right answer or has the best answer kind of tend to repel, you know, that kind of, I think being vulnerable and being human with our teams um, is that authenticity creates true friendship and true bond and true relationship. And we don't have to know all the answers. And in fact, I try to be the least intelligent person in the room across my team. I want to hire people that are smarter, faster, better that I can ask questions of and learn from as well. And I think that's the sign of a truly great leader the person who's confident enough to surround themselves with really exceptional people that they can learn from as well. Yeah, I, I love the question, Courtney, that you asked. I think there's a balance between um, confidence and, and humility and understanding that humility, being humble, doesn't mean that you think you're not that good. Um, it's it's okay to be confident. Um and honestly, something that has kind of helped me is with that imposter syndrome is kind of saying nobody else knows what they're doing either. Like everybody's just doing their best and putting it on. Um, and if you just sort of like take that away and remind yourself that, you know, that some of the other people that you see just, they're doing the same thing you're trying to do. And they're just telling themselves they've got this. And 
you believe it, right? So I think sometimes as women, it's easier for us to self-deprecate a little bit, but go ahead and, and just tell yourself, nobody else really knows what they're doing either. And they're not necessarily better than me, but keeping that, that lens of humility that there's always something to learn from someone else. There's always something that you can learn from someone, but that doesn't mean that you should be too shy. Um, that's actually one of the things that I was going to share about my, my learned memories. I was super shy. And I remember Damon coming on meetings with me and me thinking, okay, good. He'll do the talking. I can, I can count on him to, to talk because I'm too scared to talk, but actually seeing him get involved and seeing him do it a couple of times gave me the confidence to know that I could do it too. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think it's just a, a little bit of a journey, Courtney, that you've got to remind yourself that, um, you're just as capable and you're just as, as talented and you just need to be confident and believe in yourself just like the next person. Thank you so much, uh, Courtney, for the question and our panelists for the responses. We are at around, we just have a couple minutes left. Um, we have one or two questions from the audience, but before that, I wanted to say, you know, we had so much great conversation just in kind of preparation for this meeting. Um, I wanted to also, Damon, is there anything else you wanted to kind of connect on or highlight, you know, before we kind of wrap up with maybe one or two more questions? No, I, I just think that this is, you know, amazing. And uh, let's see if we can answer those questions and, and wrap up on time. Amazing. Uh, we had another great question from Valetta Burgess, who's actually uh, a current LearnIt instructor and a new member of the team. Um, and she had a question kind of around how, you know, as women who are excited about, you know, their career growth or maybe emerging as leaders, how do you kind of integrate your work and your career and your passion for your career with, you know, um, your relationships and your, you know, your goals you have for whether it's family planning or, um, you know, things that are maybe more specific to women. Like, how do you kind of integrate your career in with these other aspects of your life? You know, for all of all of you, you were super driven by career. Did that just naturally interweave to a to a healthy balance with your relationships at home, with your relationship with friends, or you know, have there been challenges along the way? Like, would just love would love to get your thoughts on on that. If you have any advice for for women specifically, kind of navigating growing into leadership positions as you're growing in these other areas of your life. Point on that, and then I'll open it up to the other two. But I have three teenagers at home, and so what I what I do every day is I get up and I show up because I want to model that behavior for my kids. Um, I had a stay at home mom as a, as a role model at home. I don't, I can't live up to what she provided for me at home um, in terms of being there and, you know, the home cooking and all of that. But what I, um, I have two, two sons and a daughter and I want all three of them, both genders. I want them to see a woman in the workplace who um, I take my job seriously, but I try not to take myself too seriously, if that makes sense. There's a, a, a fine balance. I think Sarah spoke on that. Um, but it's important to me to have a robust life outside of work because I feel like that makes me um, better at work because I know the people that I'm working with also have lives outside of work. And that's a point of connection. I'm a brand new mom, so I'm just going to be navigating this for the very first time, and I'm still on maternity leave. So this will be yet to be seen. 
Um, so I've had the luxury in my career of not prioritizing my career because that's what I had. Um, I think there are sacrifices that you make along the way. Um, and I think it's going to be, it's just going to be a journey. So I don't really know totally what to expect. Something that I'm thankful for right now is working for a very supportive company that supports families and flexibility. And so looking for companies that are supportive of that work-life balance, I think really does go a long way. Um, so that would be, be my advice, but I'm, I'm looking to learn on that topic as well. Awesome. And Damon, you have a, a new baby as well and growing family. Any, any thoughts as well? No? Like, I told, like, I told Sarah, <laughs> like I told Sarah earlier, good luck. I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly fortunate to have an amazing partner uh, who also works full time. And, you know, now that we have two kids, we're, we're, pl we're playing man to man defense. And uh, it's the it's the best thing in the world and the toughest, but it's the very, very best. So, yeah, that's my advice. Good luck. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Well, um, thank you so much to Laurel, Mary, Sarah, and Damon uh, for all being here with us this morning and really to our community, everyone who's been here um, on this session and that continues to support these sessions. Uh, really, thank you. We appreciate you tuning in and learning with us um, and we're extremely grateful, grateful for you and your attention and, and your contributions. Thank you for joining us on the Learn It podcast. We wish you well on your learning journey and see you next time. <laughs>